What's up, beautiful souls? Welcome to this Sunday Night Soul, live with me, Reverend LC, and you, and I'm super grateful and honored to be here, and I'm glad for all of you that will join us tonight that you were allowed me to have this little schedule shift. Um, it was for a good purpose and a good reason, and I didn't want to leave this weekend without getting to come on and spend some amazing time with all of you beautiful and amazing souls. And for all of you that will watch this video on the replay, I thank you as well. Your energy lends itself to to this whole entire community. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight is the power of community, the healing power, in fact, of community. I heard something just a, a couple days ago that hit me so square in the soul, especially for the times that we're in right now. You know, we're coming off of a time of, of, of mass casualties, and, and a time in our humanity where we're in a great state of unrest, confusion. There are old foundations that we, you know, anyone over the age of three <laughs> have built our lives upon. And these things are slowly but surely being deconstructed. And for those that have not gotten to their awakening process yet, um, it's hard. You know, this is a hard place to be right now. Things are falling apart. And I'm under the belief system that things are not just falling apart, but they are falling into place. You know, throughout the history of humanity, we have evolved throughout time. I mean, you can just look around us right now. We're speaking on microphones and computers across the world, and we're not even sitting in the room with each other. And this is what evolving is. This is what levels, different levels of consciousness bring us. And we're in a, a very, we're in a process of yet another shift. But it's very confusing. It can be very upsetting and it can become very, very heavy. And I believe that at the root of so much of this is our need to be in community. And what I heard that hit me so deep in my soul was a human being that's no longer with us say in an interview that community equals come in unity. Now that caused me just to stop in my tracks because it is what we need so desperately right now to do is come together in unity. Not because of the way we look or because we how we identify, not if we're in active addiction or full on sobriety or in recovery or on MAT or not on MAT or use cannabis or blah, 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 blah. All of those external things matter not. What we and our souls are crying out for is to come together in unity, to be a, a stable foundation for ourselves and one another as we move through this very turbulent yet exciting time. We are called to live in love. 
Now, that word love can be very, very confusing because on the one hand, we as human beings equate it to emotion. But love is not only an emotion. It is an action. It is, you know, it's a noun. It is a verb. It is all the things. Love encompasses everything. And it's so easy for us to take the opposite of love, which is, is, is hate, which is I, I, deconstruction. It is, it, there's so many things, resentment. These things are the opposite of love. And it's so easy for us to pick out the one person who is committing the mass casualties, the shootings, the acts of hate. It is, it is easy for us to take the one person that, that comes against us for our avenue of recovery or our healing modality. It is easy for us to come against this one soul. But that's not love either. That means that we meet them in the same state that they are now meeting the world. And I believe that so much of hate, the action of hate, comes from a feeling of disconnectedness. Sometimes we don't hate the ones that we are now massly killing at all. It is that we are in search of a community to belong to. And when we spend a certain amount of time alone and we have that lone wolf mentality, we can start believing the lies of our ego, the lies of our mind. I noticed something this morning when I was sitting out and having my coffee, and it's been a very cloudy and windy and rainy day, but, but periodically those clouds would move through and the sun would shine. And I had this wonderful knowing within me is that the sun is always shining. The light never goes out. The sun never changes itself we change. And the clouds to me just represented the clouds of thoughts and negative thinking and, and, and scarcity reactions. And yet, behind those clouds, even when it seems really, really dark, the sun is always shining. And there are ways that we, as human beings, can reach out and take a hold of that light and to move the clouds of emotional reaction thinking and negative thinking that happens when we are alone. And I'm telling you, in the face of mass casualties, in the face of, of great pandemics, in the face of isolation, we are in more need for community to come together in unity than ever before. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to talk about on this Sunday night soul session live with me, LC. And I'm super grateful for you to be here and to lend your energy for. I always give myself before any of these videos start and ask that the message for someone who comes here will just come through me for I'm just a vessel. Then the only way that this is successful is if I remove my ego and set that side of me aside and I will be obedient to whatever needs to come through. So thank you for showing up here authentically as you are holding the places that you are within your soul and in your heart, holding those bigger questions in your mind and asking those bigger questions. And I I pray 
that I can be a vessel of truth and a vessel of comfort, a vessel of healing, information, inspiration, and motivation for you right here tonight and whenever you watch this. So, happy holidays, everybody. We are in the holiday season, the season for which community is born. And I'm so grateful, grateful, grateful that we are here together. And while you're doing your holiday shopping, make sure that you pick up a copy of this amazing book by my good friend and beautiful soul, Pamela Topchian. I didn't come this far to only come this far. You can go right there on Amazon and pick this up. Type in just Pamela Topchian's name, in all honesty, because she has some amazing original art journals and so many different things that, that just 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 messages and actions of love that flow through her out into the world. I'm so grateful she did this. And I want to tell you something. If you have a book in your heart, if you have a piece of art in your heart, if you've got a piece of music, a talent, or whatever it is in your soul, take the action when you feel led to do so and watch the magic unfold. This book has touched many lives. It's going to continue to touch many lives and it's already touched mine. So make sure you pick that up. It makes a great gift and it's also a great gift for yourself. Pamela Topchian, Amazon.com. If y'all are ready to get into this Sunday night soul session live with me, LC, then let's go. Man, that thing gets me fired up every time. I'm so glad you can't see me back here because I'm doing my my worst dad dance ever. You know, one of those dances that your teenagers would be so ashamed of. It gets me fired up. I'm so grateful to be in the presence of some beautiful human beings tonight. Brett Morris, I love you. Joshua Saunders, thank you. You're always such a great support sharing this thing out. Man, if you guys feel led, please share this video out. Let's just continue to get it to more people and more people. Growing a message of love is an awesome thing to do. Pamela Topjian's in the house. Thank you so much, my soul sister, for being here and always supporting me. Susie Taylor's here from all the way in Washington State. So grateful you could make it. Andrea, you're here and I love you and I appreciate you. And if anyone else is here that I cannot see, just know that StreamYard only shows me so many. So hello, welcome. I appreciate you so much. Martin John, my brother, my soul brother. You know, it was a it was one of Martin John's um Instagram posts too that really drove this message home you know, today when I was scrolling through and watching and he was talking about the Tao Te Ching and, and he has this amazing, just, oh, this beautiful adaptation that he is working on of basically how the Tao has inspired him and his interpretation of each one of the Tao's. And, you know, I cannot wait until this thing comes out. But, but he was talking about something and I don't know which one it was and I will butcher it to death. So I, I urge you Go look at Martin John's Instagram page and you'll see it. He was talking about, you know, how we celebrate achievements. And sometimes we fail to celebrate each other and ourselves for just being alive on the earth, for just being here. And, and you know, because that is valid and we are worthy to be here. And, and we've gotten in this 
we've all been raised with this. This is just a, a human thing across the globe where we are raised in the society where it is like this reward and punishment system. And we've talked about this. If you didn't see our identity crisis episode, please make sure you catch that episode on YouTube um, because we talked about that reward and punishment system and how it sets a lot of us up to question our own self-worth very early in life. And it can come along at any time. We begin to think who we are is our accomplishments. And that in and of itself can bring us to a place of disconnection with, com with community. And I, I, I remember being young and being, you know, like growing up in that reward punishment system and getting to a place in my life where we were going through a very tragic and, and trying time in, in, in my childhood. And every, all of my accomplishments, the things that I had previously been rewarded for, all of the places that I started to find my worth were suffering. You know, I was suffering in school. I was no longer that straight A student. I, I had no, I, I had no motivation to even go to school. So I started becoming that absentee student. I had no more interest in sports. So I wasn't winning that praise. I gained a lot of weight because I was in a very, you know, young person survival kind of place in my life. And, and I just remember retreating deeply within myself but not the real me not my real self because I was unaware that I was anything other than those accomplishments I, I didn't understand that there was a whole nother part of me that made me worthy just because I was I be I thought it had to do with everything that I do and when those things started suffering, of course, my self-worth also began to suffer. And little by little, I just kept being more and more alone. And what I take from all of that, as I watch what's happening in the world, as I watch mass shootings, especially for communities that appear to be so different, and, and that seems to be our focus right now, what, what I see and what I remember within myself is that disconnectedness, that lone wolf mentality, because eventually we'll convince ourselves that we're better off alone and that we can do this on our own. In fact, we kind of make it a mantra. We make it something just to be proud of. I can do this by myself. I can do this alone. I got this. And while we can for a little while, it doesn't mean we're doing ourselves the greatest service because we are primarily meant to be in tribe, to be in community. And there's not one of us alive that doesn't struggle with a fear of rejection. And that comes from that primal place of being rejected by the tribe, which rejection by the tribe equaled death. And so in being in that place where I look back and see how alone I was, I started the only other noise that was speaking to me. The only other company I truly had was the voice inside of my head that reiterated the fact that I was not worthy. It never identified 
that I was going through trauma, that I was going through great, un, you know, upheavaling in my own world of everything that I knew to be normal. It reminds me of these times we're in now. Never did that dawn on me. It was that something was wrong with me. And that if I didn't involve myself with other people, that if I didn't find a community or was not a part of community, then no one would know my secrets. No one would know how I suffered and I could just protect myself. But as I built those walls, what have we learned about walls that we build around ourselves? We think they're to protect us from hurt from other people, but what they do is they lock us in this prison of our own repetitive thought systems. And those thought systems are the ones that are telling us that we must protect ourselves. And I'll never forget the moment that I identified myself as, or I landed on an identity that was as close as possible to feeling kind of natural. And when I landed at the place of, of, of identifying as gay or, or homosexual, all of a sudden, this whole community of people were just there. And I remember feeling for once like I belonged. And I cannot explain, and I don't think I have to, because I think we've all had that moment where we feel like we belong to a community. That all of a sudden, it just felt like I don't have to be alone anymore. That other people feel the way I have felt. That other people get this and they understand this. And all of a sudden, just that, that wholeness of community came alive within me. And I can say that I felt that way as well when I stepped into the recovery community. But I want to go back to Martin John's entire, the entire idea of what he was sharing today, which is that we are in a place where we're called to love ourselves and everyone just because that's what love is. Because in each other, we see mirrors of ourselves. And if we don't have love for another, then there's a place in us we don't have love for ourselves. And that just really drove home the point tonight that, that we just want that I wanted to make in just doing and covering this topic of community. Because we don't we don't demolish hate by meeting it with hate. We 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 don't overcome loneliness by driving out someone else from the tribe. And right now what we're talking about is not a certain tribe, but the tribe of humanity. It is very much as as just an egoic human. When I saw the mass the, the mass shooting there in Colorado, immediately I wanted to react with with pure anger and and how much it would help if we could just get rid of this one guy. But that one person doesn't stop a world of confusion 
and hate. It doesn't stop a world of loneliness and lack of belonging. So I allowed myself to have this one reaction and I gave myself five whole minutes to have that reaction and that was okay. If I needed more, I would have given myself more. But I very quickly came to the place of this is one human being and we will just be setting this other person up. There will be another and another and another. What if I meet this person with love? What if I took all the love that was inside of me and, and, and put it with this other human being? What if I did that instead of hating this person, meeting hate with hate? I've had that happen in the recovery community as well with, with people who, you know, have, have judged me as a human being, judged my identity, you know, judged what I feel like my calling is to do here, judged my, um, my content or, or my uh, area of, of, of healing and recovery. And it's always so much easier if I can take all the blame and anger that I have in there, all the feelings that are within me, and I can pull them out and place them with that person. But in reality, there will just be another one that comes along because there's a lot of that that already lives within me. And when we start to walk and live in a place of love, it means that sometimes we have to take action steps that don't so much feel natural right off the bat. And loving this man or this human being that has created such chaos and tragedy is hard. It is hard. But hate is harder because hate and resentment he never feels that. This person or whoever's on the outside of you that you want to give that to, they never feel that. That is the poison that eats within me. And as it eats at my soul, it causes me to back out of community more and more and more. And it calls me, causes me to become isolated. And when I'm isolated, the only voice that is talking to me is that voice of repetitive thought, that negative, repetitive thought that just continuously tells me how right I am, how we can do this on our own, how we're better off not being involved. I would be willing to make a statement to say that I bet the human being that caused this mass suffering already felt that. I would be, I'm going to step out on a limb and say that this person felt detached from some sort of community. Maybe that person felt lonely. Maybe the only voice that person has, has heard in, in their head this whole however long has been how these people are the reason that our world is falling apart because what's happening right now is everybody's looking for a reason, a reason why everything is so screwed up, a reason why everything is going so haywire, a reason why, because if we can do away with the reason why, 
We think things are going to get better. So I say all of that. And you're probably thinking, well, okay, we got that part, Elsie. So what do we do about it? That's the bigger part. That's the bigger question, right? What do we do about it? It's not enough just to recognize where this is. It's not enough just to, to recognize where someone else lives and, and what isolation does to people. But how do we fix that? I don't know that it's up to us to fix it. Because to fix it would mean that it's actually broken. And I don't believe it is broken. I believe we're just in a shift. I, I built, I, I had to rebuild a set of steps for um, a lady that, a lady that I feel in community with. I had to build a set of steps for a lady yesterday. It was supposed to be a quick job. And in order to start rebuilding these steps, I first had to take them apart. And in my mind, I had what I hoped the scenario was. That it was just the top layer of the steps. Oh, it'll be quick and easy. I'll make it in home in time to, to do Saturday Night Soul and everything will be great. I can rest and she's walking down, you know, secure steps. And as I started deconstructing this, the damage was deeper than I, than I originally had planned. And the, and the more I kept deconstructing, the deeper the damage went. And so I had to just throw everything away and start from scratch. And a lot of the wood had scars. A lot of it had places that were beginning to rot and they were soft. And so I just had to figure out how to build this new set of steps with, with what was there and available to me. But I had to, the point is I had to deconstruct it first. And that's what we're going through right now is a deconstruction of systems and belief systems that can't go with us where we're going. It can't go with us as we evolve into a society that is more community-based. And I think with our pandemic, we saw a lot of community rise up. But there's so much more that we can do. I think there's so many deeper ways we can be because that's where we got to start. We don't start outside. We don't start out just going to find people necessarily we can do good stuff for what we deem as good stuff because then we have to ask ourselves, are we doing good stuff because they need the stuff? Are we doing good stuff so we can feel like we're doing good stuff? We have to start within us. We have to start within us. We have to begin to look at the mirror. We have to begin to, when these, these systems are being deconstructed within us, we have to, to, to maybe not resist so much because it's scary. I remember when I asked the question that I wanted to know God. I was in the, 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 I, I was in the, the place of, of very, this religious knowing and I thought I'd carved out a pretty good space for myself until I started in transition. And all of a sudden, I just couldn't find a place to fit. And it wasn't that system that didn't fit me. It was that my soul 
was trying to grow. So as much as I wanted to blame that system, the greater asset was going to be for me to acknowledge that my soul was ready to grow. And I asked this big question. I want to know God. Huge question, right? Very generic. But I remember when thing, the deconstruction began. I remember feeling anger. I remember feeling scared. Because even though those foundations looked real and they held me up for a while, all of a sudden I started realizing how truly flimsy they were. And that that wasn't the case at all. And I'll tell you the truth, it made me angry. To the point that, you know, I wanted to lash out. And I had to just stop resisting the deconstruction and begin to just believe that the reconstruction was happening and that maybe it wasn't even reconstruction. Maybe this deconstruction had to go so that I could know who I was at the core of my soul. And that has come in layers. It's like the recovery process. It comes in layers. And what we're seeing right now in our world, the chaos and the anger and the hate and all of that is the deconstruction of layers, the process of healing. And we're not going to do any good if we just stay angry right now and we just pay attention to everything that we deem is going wrong. And we surely will not find any healing or peace if we start to begin to single out people, entities, call them whatever we want, you know. If we start singling people out to, to give all of our anger to for, for all that's going on, we say, oh, you're the one or this community is the one. That's not going to help us through this process either. I think the way that we can truly be an asset to the, commun the human community is to begin to look at ourselves, to begin to, to come back home, to, to, to heal in ourselves, to knowing who we are, not what we have, not how many days we have in recovery, not, not, you know, not our relapses, not all the places we fail. But what if we truly, truly began to, to know ourselves as the divine being that we are here on the earth? And to do that, and to do it fully, we have to recognize that every other human being is also a divine being here on earth and true love is not easy how many of us by show of hands find it easier to love other people than we do ourselves that's not true love either that's the emotional side of love I never understood that whole saying that you can't truly love another person until you, tru till you truly love yourself. But I'm really, really closer 
to understanding it now than I've ever been in my entire life. Because when we love another more than we love ourselves, sometimes we find ourselves putting our happiness within them. We give them this responsibility of our happiness. They complete us. But when we think about a scenario like that, if they complete us, that means they also have the power to completely tear us apart. And I find that that, that is what that whole scenario of loving ourselves before we can love someone else actually means. But it's not that emotional movie love, that, that, that love that we feel in, in, in relationship, so to speak. It's a different kind of love. I think it's a, a divine type of love. And that's hard to wrap our minds around, especially when we're in a recovery process. Because there is so much of that, that never-ending thought process that lets us know all the things that we've done, all the people we've hurt, all the ways that we have messed up our life. And if we never get involved outside of ourselves then that will be the only voice we hear. And if we never get outside of ourselves, we'll never truly find a community of people that are, are in a healing process as well and realize that we are not special. That we and others suffer the same and, 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 and love the same and do the same. And we have so many sames about us. That we can now find community to come in unity together. And I say so many times that the recovery community is, is truly just set and being positioned to help this shift occur throughout all of humanity. Because this is part of our process. You know, someone who's going along with their life, who's, who's never been to the bottom of their barrel, never crawled to their, their lowest point. You know, they may have a harder time coming to a place of, of knowing that they there's self-work that could make them or bring them to a place of healing and happiness and wholeness. They may continue to get their wholeness from things and stuff and other people and, and accomplishments and achievements. But we know that we have been to our very, very bottom. And we have the gift of beginning a process of healing within, of coming to a place of acceptance. This is where I am. There's all the stuff that I've done. I think I, I heard something that was also very important to me, and I can't remember who said it but, or who was talking about it, but it was the difference that when we can think over our past minus the emotional reaction, it becomes wisdom. And I think that's, that's what the goal for, for my life and my past has been through my recovery process is I can't make this stuff go away. It all happened. But in active addiction, I lived completely wrapped in the emotions of reliving this stuff all the time. I mean, never ending. 
You know, maybe I was around people, but I was always stuck within myself. I never could truly be a part of any type of community because I had ostracized myself. And that, that, that thought loop just kept going. And I was living constantly in the emotions of my past. The difference that I can speak about it today without reliving that, without feeling all those old, you know, hormones and, and firing of the brains and all of that stuff going on. It's because that stuff is now moving to a place of wisdom. And I still find where all of these, some of these things still live. That's why I surround myself with human beings that are not just yes men and women and human beings in my life that don't just always say yes to everything that I am putting out there. People like my beautiful friend Martin John and my and my beautiful soul sister Pamela Topchin and and others that are willing to recognize when I am coming from a place of of hurt that I think maybe I've healed but that it still lives within me when I'm when I'm speaking or living under the influence of a story that I've told myself about something because what these mass all of this this mass catastrophe is is a human being living under a story of these people are making all of this bad. This person is making all of this happen. This is, you know, these, this is the reason. These people are the reason. This community is the reason. Our systems and politics and money and recession, this is the reason. When the reason is we are more internally alone than we've ever been. And so to come together in unity starts with us. It starts right where we are. How can I come together with me in unity? How can I come together with other human beings in unity? For the fact that we are all divine beings, not that we have things, not that we share one mindset. Because as much as social media has created a lot of what looks like community by being able for all of us to kind of stay within our safe little pond of people that think like us and agree with us and, and be like us, we're missing out on the beauty of diversity. Missing out on, on wisdom that, that someone else may hold in a different opinion than mine or a different belief system than mine, a different lifestyle than mine. And when we come in unity with ourselves, we start to value what other people can bring. And if we can make that shift to see this as a gift and not this curse, this, this thing that's tearing apart the world, then we can, we can go deeper in the action of love than ever before. So where within you can you come together in unity? What part of you today and tonight are you holding back? What part of you are you resisting? What is that unrest within you that you are either holding on to an old system that you know isn't working 
that you're just afraid to let go of because you can't quite see what's underneath that? Or, or where is a place in you that you are being called to the action of love that you feel uncomfortable? I was called to the action of love for the human being that caused pain there in Colorado. I was called to see that human being because hurt people hurt people. We know that. That's not a whole healthy human being that goes and, and, and takes their emotions out in, a, in that kind of fashion. So how can I see past the immediate of what he did and see who he is? And I don't need to know his mom and dad. And I don't need to know all that. If I know myself as a divine expression of God in human form, then that means I have to know this other person as a divine expression of God in human form. Let's move towards the things that we know we are being moved to that scare us a bit. Let's not be afraid to do our inner work. Let's sit still when we are hearing an opinion or an idea that, that immediately wants us, us to recoil back and, and know that it's different than us. Let's stay for a moment. What if we got up and stormed out right before we, we, we received some kind of divine message? Some kind of message that would immediately help us in a breakthrough that we've been looking for. What if that breakthrough comes wrapped in a package that looks nothing like what you think the answer should look like? What if we let all of that unrest just be there for a minute and saw each other as human beings? Divinity. Walking around divinity. It's a hard, it's hard. It's hard because we're not used to this, but this is where we're going. This is where we're being called to. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the work. I'm looking forward to what's coming even as we continue to move down this path because this isn't it. We know that. Maybe it just it helps me to remember in the toughest times, in the most chaotic times, to remember that there's something greater occurring. Maybe something I can't name or recognize. And I guess we like we call that faith. And and that helps me move through a lot of these times. It also helps me to give myself the ability to have my moments, to let my ego get the, the nicks and the scrapes. And, and to wait through that and just move to the other side of that. And I'm so grateful 
for my community. And I'm grateful that that community is expanding. And I'm open to let that occur and happen. I mean, just last week, I sat down with the amazing Jason Rudine. And one of the things that was so amazing to me is that if I were to just see Jason walking down the street, goatee, guy who looks like a very macho, you know, guy, big guy, you know, my, my fear and ego may kick in and I might have missed getting to know an amazing human being. And we talked about that in the episode that we did last week. And, you know, again, I urge you to watch that. Like I also mentioned, one of my best friends was one of a a very high-ranking official in the Aryan Brotherhood. And had we just met surface to surface and never moved past the parts of our outward identities that then we may never have gotten to experience this beautiful and amazing human connection, this friendship that I would not trade for anything. So don't give up so easily on what on a miracle that could that could be occurring in your life. It's cliche to say don't judge a book by its cover, but it's so true. You may miss one of the greatest stories that you've ever ever gotten the chance to know. I love you guys so much and I appreciate you for sitting here with me tonight and I hope that this made some type of sense and I hope that somewhere in some way that maybe it touched your heart and if it did I appreciate you and if it didn't that's okay too. That's really okay too. I appreciate you spending time with me and being in this space with me. Like I said your energy just lends so much to me and my heart And I am so, so, so grateful for each and every one of you. And, you know, do what you need in this time. This is a rough time. So take care of yourself. Sincerely. You know, whatever that looks like. Whatever your modality is. Do that. And love that. And love yourself and each other. And let's continue to come together in unity. And create communities that are filled with very diverse and beautiful and amazing human beings, whole and healthy and healing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Next week, we're going to do Saturday night. So it's going to be Saturday night soul next week. And we've got Mike from the Sober Press. I'm super excited to find out about him and his mission and his passion. And I also want to remind you that coming up on December the 31st, that's right, I'm going to do the thing where I try to go live on New Year's Eve. Maybe somebody will show up. But we're doing a live question and answer session with me, Reverend Elsie. You can ask me anything. You can ask me uh, any, you know, about recovery, anything personal. I mean, you know, come to me with it. What your questions are, something that's been on your heart. If you want to ask me something about spirituality or awakening process or trauma or whatever it is, I don't care. You bring it. 
We're going to share some space and some time and love. We're going to close out season five on December the 31st with that live Q&A session. And I'm telling you, I'm already doing a lot of planning and soul searching and preparing for season six. It's going to be different and yet amazing all at the same time. So I look forward to sharing that with you as well. So remember... 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, December 31st, right here with me. And next week, we've got Mike from the Sober Press coming live here with us. Recovery Revolution live page, Lona Curry on Facebook, YouTube. If you're not already a subscriber for Recovery Soul Food on YouTube, I ask you to please go and do that. Help us grow that platform as well. It gives us a lot of different... um, different freedoms and there's some different stuff going on over there too but i appreciate you pick up pamela topjian's book on amazon go follow my good friend and brother martin john garcia for more of his divinely inspired interpretation of the Tao, and he has amazing workshops as well so until next saturday you guys have the most amazing and blessed week of your entire life and why because you choose to And yep, you are that powerful. Until next time, I'll see you then. Bye.